Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this fine Tuesday? Yes, it is Tuesday, right? I am in Latrobe. Um, I did a radio show from noon to three. Steeler practice is just wrapping up. Nothing really exciting there. Uh, I'm in my dorm room for a little until I go do a show on location from uh, uh, Sharkies, obviously, here in in Latrobe. Fun stuff. They always take care of us. It's going to be a blast. And then I'm heading home for a few days. Um, and we'll do the Steeler post-game show Thursday night. So, there's an article on ESPN that I ran into that I was very intrigued with, and I wanted to just discuss it with you guys. Um, my man Mike Sando writes it, and I like Sando quite a bit. He's a good friend. Uh, I think he's been on the show. I'll get him on here some more, that's for sure. Um, by the way, we were brought to you by Vivid Seats. I will tell you about them in a moment. But what my man Sando does here is he talks about The headline is QB trade market reality check, 15 who could get moved. So, first of all, I mean, the most glaring example of this was, remember when Teddy Bridgewater got injured and right before the season, the Vikings then traded for Bradford from the Eagles, who had just selected Wentz. That worked out very, very well for the Eagles. Not that Bradford was somebody they were looking to dump, but they were high on him. They signed him. And then I think they fell in love with Wentz during the whole draft process and were able to finagle their way up to the number two pick. We talked about the Browns that year, the Corey Coleman year. And um, speaking of which, uh, Callaway was <laughs> just in, in, ran into a little bit of run-in with a marijuana situation. Remember we were talking about the volatility there? Anyway, it's not what we're talking about, but just an FYI. Um, but they were able to finagle the Browns to move up for two to get their guy and get Wentz, who blew him away right away. And then the Eagles benefited from Bridgewater's injury, can turn Bradford into a first-round pick, because who else has quarterbacks to offer? And, and they also get Bradford off their books. So that brings me to Teddy Bridgewater. You know, under the heading that Mike put on here, should be available and should have trade value. Uh, Bridgewater is that only name that he put in this category. And what is Teddy Bridgewater? Before his injury, a tragic injury, I wasn't super high on him as, boom, he's a franchise player. Boom, you got nothing to worry about. I didn't see him that way. I like the way he throws the ball. I think he's accurate. I think he has timing. I think he has some poise. I don't think he's physically overwhelming as a arm strength guy or as a athlete or as a tackle breaker or durability, you know, like taking hits, all those type of things. But he does have value. And and the Jets signed him to a $5 million deal this offseason. And apparently the market was pretty lukewarm for him coming off that injury. Um, of course, he signed with the Jets. They had McCown, who had been resigned at that point and was coming off a really good year, but is up in age. Bridgewater only signed a one-year deal. That's important in this equation. Um, I assume Bridgewater had a suspicion that the Jets would be in the quarterback first-round market. And they traded up, and they got Darnold. So he's kind of the odd man out. You know, McCown's the obvious mentor. Darnold's the obvious, you know, future. But Bridgewater has and should continue through the preseason prove to teams that he's healthy. 
So I think that people should be keeping an eye on him. And if the Jets, they only gave him a million-dollar signing bonus. If they can take that million dollars, ship his $5 million to a new team, and maybe pick up a third-round pick. Or how ironic would it be if somebody got injured and Bridgewater is now the new guy that comes in right before the season as he was the injured dude before, the most recent situation. Um, who would be in the market for Bridgewater? To me, there's three teams that right now should be just inquiring. You know, like, we're interested. The problem with, with trading for him, though, is if he's your starter, then he's a free agent after the year, and you got to pay him the big money. If he isn't, well, then what'd you get out of it? But he is insurance. He is intriguing. $5 million for one season is a bargain if he's the player he was before. Not that he's a superstar, not that I love him, but... The either way, I mean, he's going to be a free agent after the year, so that's a little dicey. But to me, if I were Cincinnati, they don't really have a backup, and it's conceivable that he's better than Dalton. It's possible. He played college close by there in Louisville, right around the corner. Um, I think they would have should have some interest. I think Miami, for similar reasons, he's act- that's actually where Bridgewater is from. Uh, should have some interest. You know, what if Tannehill isn't the guy? And I can make the argument that Bridgewater's maybe better than Dalton or Tannehill. Um, backup situation there isn't super exciting, and neither one of those teams has a uh, you know guy waiting in the wings, so to speak. And then the other one I think is very obvious is Jacksonville. You know, and it amazes me that Jacksonville did nothing to push Bortles this offseason. And that doesn't even mean if you traded for Bridgewater – boom, he's your starter. But I think it would very much eventually show itself in practice, maybe not till midway through the season. But if you added Bridgewater to that equation, I absolutely think that he would give them a better chance to win. I mean, you guys know I'm not a Bortles believer, not a Bortles fan, but you're a contender. There's a possible starting quarterback out there that wouldn't cost you all that much. Third round pick, fourth round pick, $5 million in cap space potential to keep him around longer. I think that would be intriguing for all three of those teams. However, I also think that in the end, if Bridgewater's your starting quarterback, you kind of end up in Andy Dalton no man's land too. I mean, when it's all said and done, that he's not the answer, he's not the problem, he's kind of a jag, he's kind of just a guy. But that would work. I mean, that would be a win for sure for the Jets. It'd be a win for sure for Teddy to be able to show his wares somewhere else. And maybe another team finds a quarterback on the cheap. Speaking of on the cheap, our friends at Vivid Seats will get you the best prices for NFL games or wherever it is events you want to see. You got to check this out. Um, Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. Vivid Seats offers great prices for NFL games and all live events, you know, concerts, stand-up, whatever, hockey, basketball. With NFL returning, locked-on listeners can receive 10% off their first purchase with Vivid Seats. Go to vividseats.com or download the podcast and enter promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. All caps. I'm not sure if the caps things matter or not, but keep it on caps. Locked on. All one word. This is for new customers only. Offers good through the end of August. So think about that. If you're buying season tickets or something, you get 10% off for a big ticket item like that. Do that now before August ends. 
And all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. It's awesome. So, uh, Vivid Seats is offering the whole Locked On network, including, of course, you guys. Listeners, 10% off your first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code Locked On, all one word, Locked On. New customers only, and the offer is good through the end of August. So, again, preseason and regular season tickets are available now. Um, season is already underway. The Hall of Fame game's been rolling. So get moving. Go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter the promo code Locked On, all one word, for 10% off your first order. The offseason is over. The NFL is back. And Vivid Seats wants to get you in the game. Speaking of not being in the game, there's one name that Sando doesn't mention here because he's not with a team, but I still contend, and I'm just going to say it, that uh, Colin Kaepernick is as good of any option that is listed here in terms of if you want to win games. Assuming he's still the player he was we saw last, I guess that's very much a leap of faith, but I don't think he's going anywhere. So... Mike then has a another category here, should be available and could have trade value. Mike Glennon, Arizona Cardinals. Um, I mean, he's actually kind of a, back, a pretty good backup situation because next year he only costs $3 million with nothing guaranteed. So if you move on from Bradford after this year, who's making pretty big money, and who knows how long he can hang, and Glennon's your backup for Rosen next year, you have very little invested in the quarterback position, and then you're in really good shape. Because I do think Glennon is a solid two. Um, it's pretty obvious that the Cardinals have a style of quarterback in, at, you know, in mind here, which is scary considering their offensive line. And A.Q. Shipley just went out for the year. I actually recruited A.Q. He you know, ended up going to Penn State, but I got to know him real well when he was thinking about going to Pitt. Should have went to Pitt, A.Q., but their line is worrisome, and they have pure pocket passers in Bradford, Glennon, Rosen. I really worry about Bradford's health in that situation. You know, I mean, and Glennon absolutely could see playing time. All three of them could play, see playing time. But if you're in the team just looking for a quality backup that isn't going to kill you, I think Glennon's all right. Uh, Sando also says, could be available, but value is questionable. Drew Stanton with the Browns. Um, no offense to Sando. I just don't know, does anybody really want Drew Stanton? I mean, he's 34 years old. He absolutely is a backup. I mean, maybe if you lost your backup in preseason or you're looking at your team and saying, we've invested nothing in our backup quarterback situation, maybe you'd send them a late-round pick. I mean, obviously they have Taylor and Mayfield. But Stanton, to me, is not attractive. Probably the most interesting name on this list is falls under the might not be available, but must be mentioned, is Nick Foles. And I really thought the time to trade Foles was draft time, you know. And, of course, the fly in the ointment was, well, where is Wentz physically at that point? And apparently now he's very much on the road to start week one. But at that point... The Eagles had the 32nd pick in the draft, and they didn't have a second, didn't have a third. I thought that might be the time to grab a second-round pick or something with Foles, and I absolutely believe that his stock is higher right now or then or whatever than it ever will be again in his career. I think he's a high-end backup, spot starter, 
And if you can get more from more out of him in return, I would move him. But the thing is, most teams now are pretty happy with their quarterback situation. I mean, I think I've told you this, but every team in the league except for Dallas either has a young first-round pick waiting in the wings that is, looks like the, the next great thing, or at least they're hoping that, or they have a guy that's making starter money, which is basically $15 million or more. You know, Andy Dalton would be like at the bottom of those lists, you know, those type of guys. So every team but the Cowboys, and the Cowboys have Dak, obviously, which is he's the anomaly to find the mid-round pick. So I know everyone talks about there's a QB shortage in the league, and to some degree there is, and there's definitely a backup QB shortage. But I, I think as we sit right here on August 7th, every team has some optimism, some faith in their situation. They're either paying them or they invested in a pick in them. So who would even be banging on the door for a guy like Foles for a second-round pick? I mean, again, it would be Cincy, Jacksonville, Miami, maybe. They're the three teams to me that are kind of most in limbo. But I kind of feel like he's not going anywhere, especially because, hey, we're trying to win it a second time. Um, and he's you know, obviously proven that he can get us there. Why would we move him now? So the other name on that list is Sam Bradford. We kind of talked about him already. And if Rosen's really impressive, I would certainly field offers. You know, he's expensive. Um, again, though, I mean, he actually has a no-trade clause. Who wants Sam Bradford, though? You know, like, if this was the offseason, there was a lot of quarterback shuffling, as was the case with Bradford, you could see a, t- a few teams being interested. And I think he's a much better player than people realize. But who's really banging down your door to get Sam Bradford right now, especially at his cost? All right, the last category here is 10 QBs who might or might not be available one way or another via trade or release. RG3, I tend to think that they, RG3 is more value to the Ravens as Lamar Jackson's mentor than he does to any other team, especially when you consider Flacco is highly unlikely to be back next year. So I think he stays put. Paxton Lynch. Like, I could see a team offering a late-round pick for Paxton Lynch. I mean, like, apparently he is very immature. He loves his video games, has never showed us anything on the field. <laughs> but many teams had a first-round grade on this guy just, what, two years ago? If you could get him for a fifth or a sixth now, set him behind Rivers or Eli or somewhere like that, just tuck him away in hibernation for a year and hope he matures on and off the field. And I'm sure Denver's hoping that too, but they may be fed up with them by now. That one I could see kind of happening, especially if you had an incumbent, you know. It's kind of a Patriot move. Pick a Paxton Lynch for six rounder and sit him around for a while and see what happens. Cooper Rush with the Cowboys. The thing about him is he costs nothing, you know. I know they really like Mike White, who also costs nothing, fifth-round pick. Um and Dak, as I said, they were the one of the 32 teams that have very, very little in the quarterback position invested. I know they're high on rush. So maybe somebody would give you a substantial pick for him because he's so cheap, he's so young, and he develops into a long-term backup for you. I guess that's something, but I don't know that they would be anxious to move him unless they absolutely adore Mike White. Landry Jones here in Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> Landry is a solid number two. 
he's got value to this team as a Roethlisberger sounding board, you know, and there's certainly value in that. And this team has always had those type of guys, Leftwich, Batch, Gradkowski. Um, they put a lot of value in their number two. If Mason Rudolph were to blow their doors off, maybe you'd consider moving him, but not really. I mean, you only get a little bit of cap relief by moving on with him. He's, his deal's up after this year. And who's breaking down your door to add a mid, uh, middle-of-the-road backup? You know, especially because he's a free agent after this year. He's not special enough that you need to lock him up and get him in your building and don't let him go type of thing. He probably will leave Pittsburgh next year, assuming Rudolph looks like a capable number two. And then you ask for him. So, And the Steelers are a contender right now without question. If Ben were to go down, Landry Jones gives him a better chance to win. So, you know, I don't think he's going anywhere. I'm sure of it. Matt McGloin with the Chiefs. Geno Smith with the Chargers. Cardell Jones with the Chargers. EJ Manuel with the Raiders. Um, I just don't see any market for those guys. You know, uh, who wants those guys? Who's going to give you something for them? Maybe they get cut. I mean, that makes some sense. I can buy that. And maybe Adam at that point is better than your third guy, but I'm not giving anything up for them. Cardell Jones is obviously the most interesting of those, but it's kind of, what have you done for me lately? And he didn't really play high school very much in college. Two interesting ones, though, are Brett Hundley, the Packers, and his stock is fallen through the floor from last year from now. But there's certainly ability there. My hunch is some people had some good grades on him as a college player and were intrigued with him. There's tools. I'm sure the Packers would get rid of him cheap. I would certainly rather have Kaiser than Hundley, especially from a developmental standpoint. And Hundley really played bad last year. I mean, really bad. Um, so, you know, is Hundley going to even get released? Will he be the number three? Probably not, but maybe somebody gives you a seventh-round pick for Hundley and says, let's sit him on the bench and develop him. Maybe he, you know, is better than what he looked last year, but that didn't help his cause. And this one, I think, is interesting. I just don't know that Buffalo would trade Nathan Peterman because he's actually been starting, they're getting some first-team reps with A.J. McCarron. Of course, they have Josh Allen. But I look at Peterman as being an attractive guy, and forget about the one half that he threw 9,000 million picks. You know, I mean, that was one half of football. Let's give him a little bit of a break. But I look at Peterman, and I watch him a lot at Pitt, as almost the prototypical long-term backup to a star quarterback. Smart, efficient. Your guy goes down, he can get you out of the game or get you through a week or two. And... The beauty of Peterman is he's a mid-round pick on his second year. You could probably, you know, if, if I told you in any draft class you could use a fifth or sixth round pick for a quality backup quarterback that costs nothing against your cap, you'd take that every day of the week. I mean, that's a great draft pick. Would the Bills give him up for that? Maybe not. Maybe you'd have to give up a fourth or so, and then you're starting to look at a guy like, well, maybe I could get a starting safety or something like that with my fourth round pick. But you value a backup quarterback, you know, stick him in New Orleans or something and let him learn. And not that he'll ever be a starter, but a cheap backup for the next couple of years. And maybe he then develops into a three or four or five million dollar a year guy and plays for 12 years backing up a star quarterback. Those guys aren't, you know, they're not nothing. I mean, that, that's a valuable spot and he will probably play snaps in sleep. But maybe he's a Bill starter week one. Who, said, who knows? So. 
that's it. Check out VividSeats.com. Um, I will talk to you tomorrow from my homestead. Over and out.